Welcome to your best bet. We are on the edge of Masters Week. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Valero Texas Open, which is not quite the Masters this week. Uh, we're going to review the WGC match play where we were way off on our picks. That wasn't a surprise. Uh, I don't even think we talked about Scotty Scheffler really uh, one time last week. So a big miss on our part. We're going to talk about where he's at in the game and a lot of other items. Two gentlemen join me tonight. I am sure they're not going to be slapping each other's faces. Johnny Strauser and Zach Fitzgerald. Boys, what's up? I, know, I kind of want to. I kind of want to slap the shit out of myself or, or out of out of you for, uh, for for the picks from last week. But I'm going to go ahead and refrain because, like you said, it was tough tough week to make those. It it was a lot of do or die on, on the picks you know, with it being match play, but uh, looking forward to one more, just kind of okay, decent week. And then the absolute best week of the year coming up after that. I don't think any of us deserve uh, any really good feelings about last week. So like you said, it was a hard one. Um, I think we were talking prior to that, you know, we all had some bets, uh, that that could have hit later on, and and even that didn't come through. So I guess none of us gave uh, Shuffler the respect he deserved. I, I believe with our best plays, Zach was the only one that got any right, which was Morikawa advancing from his group. Uh, I think Johnny and I went, or no, Johnny got Alex Norin as well. So that's a you each got one guy out. It's not great. Oh. Not not great. I, I was close with uh, Zalatoris, Morikawa, and Xander to win their group, parlayed together at plus 1,900. But, man, our guy Xander did it to me again. And I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later and how I feel about him going forward. I already expressed those feelings to Johnny, so I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about uh, Scotty Scheffler. We did not mention him last week. I, I guess we kind of just overlooked him, which is kind of on par with where, uh, you know, we do these weekly previews and we maybe talk about him a bit like, okay, he can't really keep winning. And then here he is again, third win in five starts. Uh, He is now the number one player in the world. Uh, This is just 42 days after his first tour win. Um, That is the shortest gap of all time between first tour win and becoming number one. That's via Justin Ray, 25th different player to reach world number one, six player to reach number one before the age of 26. Uh, a lot of accolades uh, for this guy. And I don't, I don't know how to wrap my brain around this one, guys. I appreciate what he's done. I really appreciate his, this hot run the last five, six tournaments and what he did last year. On the other side, I still can't, I can't visualize him as truly the best player in the world right now. Zach, where do you sit on this uh, Scotty Scheffler being officially the number one ranked player in the world? I mean, I, it's a, it's a pretty historic run he's on. I mean, I think the last time we've probably seen somebody win three tournaments in a five uh, start stretches, maybe even tiger really. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he deserves all the respect and he deserves to be there, but I was looking at that list that you were talking about with all the people that have been number one. And, 
you know, I think I only saw like two or three names there that really held it for any significant period of time. So, you know, we'll see if his form continues, if he's able to, you know, keep proving everybody wrong. It's not giving him the respect. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, he played great. It, I, I didn't, I didn't bet on him. I continuously bet against him and continuously lost. So, I mean, kudos to him on that. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how this continues. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Johnny, I, I, I think a lot, I mean, we talked about him a lot um, last year. We talked about him in our, our preview or our preview show before Hawaii that, all right, this guy's got to break out. I and mean, I think in, in our mind breaking out was winning a tournament and maybe, maybe snagging a second along the way. And I even went back and listened to our podcast that we did after the Houston tournament in the fall, where we both thought when he made the turn, he was going to win. And then he kind of gagged it a little bit down the stretch and Jason Kokrak won that one. And we had some real questions like, can this guy really close? And, and now, now it's it's completely flipped 180. Where now I I trust him about as much as anyone to truly close out a tournament. And when it got to the semifinals on Sunday morning, I had no doubt he was going to win. How has he flipped the script so much in such a short amount of time? As I've said on this this podcast time and time again, when when you when a guy's playing well, when you want to bet him, when you when you know he's going to, you know, close out wins like this, it is almost no doubt make it's, it's a guy making putts and that's what he's doing. He's putting the ball with so much confidence right now. He's as far as I know, as a professional, I don't think he's ever been that it's been the weak link for him is making putts in general. And then it was just a matter of, can he ever figure out a way to make them become confident with that? And when it came down to crunch time, can, can he make, you know, can he make those putts? And and that's what he's doing. I mean, this guy was making six, eight, 10 footers to, to tie holes, to, to, uh, to win holes. And he's hitting them. I mean, center cut every single time he, he was doing that at, uh, at Bay Hill when he won there and he was putting really, really well when he shot that incredible round, um, on Saturday of the, uh, the Phoenix open. I mean, he, he hit the ball fantastic, but the, the, the putts went in and that's, that's when you look at whether a guy, and let's just pick the, the former number one guy, John Rahm. John Rahm is hitting the ball very similar to how he was hitting the ball, you know, six months ago when he was, when he was winning the U S open. And now he's just not making those putts. So Scotty Scheffler is, and if you go back in and look for the last 15, 30, 40 years, maybe look at guys who have had good runs, who have, uh, ascended to number one, who've had a lot of success, um, is, is there, you know, they make putts and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of turn back the, the way back machine right here, or at least for a little bit here. Um, you know, since he did ascend to number one, let's look at another guy years ago. And that's, that's Luke Donald. Um, the most unassuming kind of joke of a number one player, that guy went three straight years or something like that without missing a putt. And, and that's kind of generally what uh, separates the, 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 the great players from the elite players. And that's what he's doing right now. And he's got that confidence and, and, you know, maybe that started with the Ryder cup 
um, you know, having to, to play those matches there. He stared down John Rahm on Sunday against, uh, uh, on, that, on that last day, beat him. And he seems to, ever since that happened, he's been pretty trustworthy with the putter. Good point. Uh, I, I think also he's just really well-rounded, a true, you know, greater than the sum of his parts kind of guy. A little bit in the Patrick Cantley mode, no true weaknesses, maybe not necessarily great at anything except maybe right now the the, the hot putter, as you mentioned. But, you know, at average, a little bit longer than average for sure. I mean, he can get it out there when he needs to. A solid iron player. And as he showed in a couple, a couple instances over uh, on Sunday, you know, in the semis against DJ, um, made some key up and downs. The, the hold bunker shot against Kisner, his short game is also stellar as well. Also impressive is his three wins are we're talking about dome golf in, in Phoenix um, and in a, a situation where, you know, you got to make a lot of birdies, which he did the final day, uh, the API severe rough lines, um, narrow track long, much different than Phoenix. And then the third is a, a die course that's short, tricky, tons of undulation on the greens, a lot of just quirks to that golf course. So three totally different golf courses and it shows his game can travel pretty much anywhere right now. I think that's really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, any, any other thoughts on, on Scheffler? Um, I, I can't believe we're talking about him ascending to number one before a guy like Morikawa. Uh, I, I wouldn't have said that that was going to happen at the beginning of the year, but I mean, he deserves it uh, playing better than Morikawa right now. Um, you know, he's got a big body and it. it seems like he doesn't have like any issues with this swing. That's going to cause body issues. And with the way that the game's going, I don't think he's going to have any issues going forward with maybe adding distance if need be, or maintaining it, depending on what happens with these new rules that they're talking about that may happen within the next five or 10 years. Um, I mean, he we really could have longevity, and it seems like, you know, he has a nice attitude as well. You know, doesn't seem to get too high or low. Has really proved that, or or at least improved over that if he struggled with it early on in his career. So that we've been talking about him for ever since I've been coming on this podcast. His name has been coming up for a guy that should break out. So it's nice to kind of be, you know, vindicated on that a little bit for all three of us that pushed it so much last year and never quite got the payoff that. Maybe this year, you know, finally getting some long-term payoff on on our thoughts. So, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, David Duvall uh, and, and when he came on the scene and he won a bunch early. He got to number one really, really quickly. Plateaued a bit after that. Then you know some other stuff came up with him, but. Uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that Scheffler is going to have longevity in the game. It seems like uh, he's just and now another one of these young Americans that has the potential to have a really, really stellar career. Um, you know, and, and interestingly enough, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he sets up perfect for the Masters. You know, he's not not the favorite at this point. But, um, you know, Johnny and I were saying, you know, there's no way he can really win the Masters. Right. But who's playing better right now? I mean, there's a lot of the other top guys that have at least one issue holding them back. He's rolling the ball with so much confidence right now that it's hard not to. I I had waited and not bet him. I've placed a lot of Masters Futures bets, as I know you have as well. And 
just, I, you know, pretty convinced that he wasn't going to be able to close it out. But I feel that you almost have to, even though his odds really aren't that great anymore. I think he's probably around 15 or 16 to one, something like that. But could, could he win it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't think that he'd be able to get out of uh, um, the group play against uh, the, the three Englishmen there. Um, didn't think it, he'd get very far in the, in the, um, uh, in the, in the advanced matches and everything and just kept going and, and steamrolling there. And he, he, uh, he's got that, like the like exact said, he's got that kind of, you know, kind of not, not carefree, but he's got that kind of relaxed attitude. Um, and yeah, he just, uh, that, that golf swing is working, even though his footwork just drives me nuts. And that's probably why that guy's not going to get hurt because he can't keep a single body part in place through the entire golf swing. Like he has got the prototypical swing. Like if you're teaching a junior golfer uh, of how not to swing, that's, that's what he, he does. I mean, it's all over the place. And you'd think that, that that is something that, uh, um, you know, would, would, when it comes down to it when there's pr- a pressure shot, but it, he's been, it works for him and he's never really had issues with uh, uh, hitting a good iron shot or hitting a good tee ball under the gun with that, that crazy ass footwork. Mm. Every time I think he's slipping, I'm like that. That time he slipped. That no, no. That time he really slipped, and then three twenty down the middle. <laughs> uh, I it's it, it's maddening to watch a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily a pretty golf swing to watch. I like watching him play because he's a birdie maker. It's fun to watch him just really fill it up. But yeah, it's not like you're out there thinking like, oh, man, this this guy's got a textbook looking golf swing or the way he goes about it is textbook because it's really quite the opposite. Um, Zach, what else from that, that could be, I'm sorry, that, but that could be a reason that he doesn't necessarily get the respect that he deserves is that, you know, I mean, you think about your tigers who has the perfect swing, your Adam Scott, who when he was number one was getting all the love, the perfect swing, Rory, perfect swing, you know, all the real greats throughout the years, I guess, maybe not like Hagen, you know, when you see his swing, but, you know, most of the greats, their swings are, are pretty, pretty great. So, you know, his is a yep. bit more unorthodox. So, you know, that really could be a reason, but he's, he's proving that it's working. Yeah. I, when you mentioned Adam Scott, I, I'm so tired of every time he comes on the screen. I mean, if you, then whoever's, whoever's on the call, I just think of Steve Sands, man, you couldn't draw up a better golf swing. How about, how about fucking win? How about win tournaments? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what we care about because Adam Scott's not doing that. And Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. is. So you can, we could talk about Adam Scott. His golf swing is beautiful, but his win, his he, win can't, ever. he can't hit a driver. He can't make a putt. So if you can't do those two things, you can't just place the ball in the fairway to hit irons all day. Johnny, what else from match play from you? Uh, Kisner ain't no hobby. Here we go. Ryder cup again. Uh, that's starting up uh, DJ in the semis. Uh, I don't know. What are your takes? Well, let me, yeah, let me address. I, I wanted to kind of discuss the Kisner thing. Um, first of all, just a remarkable record at Austin country club uh, um, for Kevin Kisner. I mean, that's just, it, it, it speaks for itself. I mean, the guy, I can't remember what his record is there, but um, <clears throat> unbelievably good. And for, for many, many years, you know, he's won there always seems to get to that final eight, at least um, there, there's a lot of talk about him on the Ryder cup and that's completely fair. Um, but the thing with, uh, with Austin country club, they had the course. I mean, it's rock hard. Essentially there wasn't a ton of, there's a lot of favorable wind. There's elevation where 
you could take distance out of the equation. And that's when you're going to get in trouble with that, or and Kevin Kisner is going to get in trouble. So, you know, they talked about, well, should he have made the, the, uh, um, the team at Whistling Straits this last year? There's no way he could have, uh, could have played well at that golf course there. So I would love Kevin Kisner as my 12th guy on pretty much any Ryder Cup or President's Cup team, but he's got to be able to play the golf course and not have to hit four irons and hybrids and three woods going into par fours. And he's even admitted if it's at Beth page, you know, a big golf course, too, which is too big of a ballpark for him. He's gonna He's not going to be that good. And whistling straights is the same thing when in the, in the fall, it's, it's not great. So Austin country club played short. Now it's at, uh, at quail hollow. He, uh, was actually the PGA back when, uh, Justin Thomas won it. I think he was the third round leader. So he feels pretty comfortable on a course like that. So I think with a guy like him, he is so good match play. And he's one of those guys who he's kind of like that European guy where he just kind of is that sticky type of, of opponent. Like I mentioned uh, um, when we had the last show there. So That's you new know, word. I think that uh, he, he, it, you know, it's going to be my new word. Yeah. Until, you know, until I think of a, a new one that I'll overuse, but um, no, it, it's just this golf course fits him. He's got to succeed on golf courses that, that fit his game, which takes basically length out of the equation. I, I like him though. And I thought it was cool. And, you know, he's going to continue to succeed there because he's got all that confidence mm-hmm. in that course. Zach, uh, what else? DJ, is he back? I mean, I, it was nice yeah. to see, uh, you know, throughout, throughout the, everything but Sunday, it seemed like, you know, he was playing great, but you know, Sunday, it seemed like he just had, didn't show up. No, yeah. I mean, really at all, other than what was it like the last six holes of the, uh, of his round against Scheffler. But I mean, it just seemed, uh, I saw him hit some like wedges and nine irons that he just fanned out to the right. That's unlike most pros to do that in that moment, especially uh, he seems He's, I mean, he seems back. He's still hitting the ball well, but I think probably it just needs to click. Just probably around needs to click for him to really get kind of back in, you know, the driver's seat. But no, I wouldn't say that that yet. I feel like he's necessarily back to where, you know, he's putting four rounds together um, consecutively, kind of like some of the guys that are playing at the top of their games right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, nice, nice, uh, nice call by Scott last week coming on and talking about Corey Connors and Corey Connors makes a run at it. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, you know, there were some really nice matches along the way. It's it's so it's so hard, like we talked about last week, to put this on TV, especially during the group play because there's so many matches going on. And um, it's nice to it was nice to focus on like one single match on on ESPN Plus. Um, you know, I like there was a couple that I singled in on that. I didn't, I could watch the whole match all the way through and really get a feel for the match. That was kind of cool. Um, otherwise I'm, I'm, I like this event. I think one match play event is probably enough. I, I thought maybe turning in, uh, turning the Zurich into like a team match play would be kind of fun. But again, the TV product is really the um, that's the sticking point on something like that. I'm kind of glad to just move on to a regular stroke play event, at least for betting purposes this week, because as we talked about last week, the match play is so insanely tough to handicap. It felt like either the big guns were getting through or you had, you know, guys like Kevin Na, who uh, again, just 
insanely annoying to play and match play those a lot of those guys advanced as well um tiger woods guys i don't know i don't know um i i don't want to get too excited here but uh i mean i feel like you know last week we talked about it like okay maybe there's like a there's like a one percent chance of him actually doing this and and now we see video from medalist that he's he's out there walking it's coming up to augusta this week I don't know where I'm at with it. I think now maybe we're like 20%. Maybe he'll play. I mean, as Scott alluded to last week, it's the toughest walk in golf. Uh, you got to do it four days, you know, ho- hopefully four days if he would actually be playing. Also tiger is of the mindset. When I enter a tournament, I'm, I'm entering to win. Uh, I don't know the level of his game. If it's truly up to par, you know, he mentioned with Jim Nance and Nick Faldo a couple weeks ago, Riviera, he's still, you know, he feels really solid around the greens, short game that he feels like he's up there with the best of the world. But the long game is is the part that he would have to really uh, do a lot of quick work on to get up to speed. I guess my question is, is, is he going to play the Masters, Zach? Man, I, I ever, my mind keeps telling me that there's just no way, but. I, I'm getting sucked into these rumors. I'm telling you, I'm getting really excited. Every time that I hear Tiger Woods' name now, I'm just like smiling, thinking, man, do I need to call in these two days on Thursday and Friday to work <laughs> if he's actually playing, you know, to, to see him play? You know, I don't know that necessarily I feel like if he does play, if, if he would have a shot to win. And I know that that's kind of a prerequisite for him to, to enter a tournament. But, you know, he had really good shots when he played in that tournament with Charlie it was just that, you know, like you said, long game. But if he's straightened that out, he can even hit a driver shit, 290 in the middle. You know, I mean, he knows the course well enough. He could make a run. You never know. And it's weird to say that because, again, I don't think he's going to play. And I, it just it doesn't make sense. But if he does, he could win any time that he plays the Masters. So, it's exciting. I'm, I don't really know what more to say about it. Johnny, uh, I, I'm looking at recent history here. The two years he did not play, 2016, 2017, he did not take uh, a scouting mission up to Augusta like he has this year. Uh, if you look at 15, 18, 19, 20, every year he's gone the week before like he has this year. I don't know if that's any indication. and Maybe this is truly a test to see where his physical ability lies more than anything. Um, is that your thought? Yes, that is actually my thought. I did not. Uh, I actually did not know that he took a, a trip up there. I think I mentioned it last week when we had Scott on that. I said, uh, if we see, uh, and maybe I wasn't talking, you were just talking to a friend or something like that, that if I, if we saw his, his jet, um, you know, fly into a Augusta or Augusta airport there that we might be a go here. And I mean, he had, uh, um, he had Joel Akava's caddy, his hesitant medalist. Now he's walking the golf course, testing it out. I mean, he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't think that he was, he was kind of close here. And I, I mean, if he's, if he's doing a practice round, I, 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 I would not be the least bit surprised now to see his name on the, uh, on the T sheet on, on Thursday there. I mean, you know, he's got, as we've known for years and years and years for decades that this guy will, 
you know, he, he knows how to prepare. And, and when he's got his, you know, when he's got his mindset, when he's got that, uh, that kind of, that, that, that eagerness to, to play, I mean, I, I, it's probably 20%, but I mean, he's not doing this and he's not going to put in all this work just to, you know, just to end up saying no. I think he's given it, he's given it his all. And I would not be the least bit surprised now knowing that he did take the, uh, the, the scouting trip. I mean, he knows how difficult this golf course is to walk. So something right. like that, that uh, if he didn't think that he had a chance, you know, it, it, it would, you know, he would have probably said, no, it's not happening here, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bet that, uh, I mean, I would say plus it's plus odds right now that he's going to play. But I mean, if I had to set the odds, I'm probably only putting a little bit of juice on it at like plus 175 to play. Right. And last week we were talking like plus seven or 800, like a St. Peter's situation. Right. And Yes. I mean, a lot, a lot has happened in the, 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 the seven days that since we've done the last podcast, it feels like, and you know, I don't, I don't know if, if, if it's really good for him to, to play, to, to really make this push, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be against it for sure. I, you know, I expect this to go all the way till Friday. Uh, the Friday, fr- the deadline is Friday. I expect it to be announced on Friday. We're going to go up against the, the last minute. I don't know if it's five o'clock Friday, but Tiger's pretty uh, famous for, you know, news drops on Friday, his late entrance to tournaments. So I think this will go all the way down to the wire and we're going to be sitting there on Friday waiting uh, with heavy anticipation to see what he's going to do. I can't wait. Um, It'd be awesome if he would actually play and we get to see him next week. All right, guys. I uh, just counted, and uh, there are only 17 people currently on DraftKings that have worse odds than Tiger does to win uh, the Masters right now. So, Which is insane, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, didn't I see that he was the same odds as Sam Burns? Uh, let me look really quick. I know I he's believe. at plus uh, – he's at the same odds as uh, – let's see – Oosthuizen, Sung Jaim, Sam Burns, Berger, and Neiman has better odds than him or worse odds. So yeah, I mean, yeah, right, right there in that. That's, that's that talk about uh, being overvalued, uh, right? I mean, that's that's. I mean, we're talking about a guy that just won two weeks ago. Neiman won a tournament a few weeks ago. Sanjay won in the fall. I mean, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if, if Tiger plays, if he ended up does playing and, and makes the cut, it's it's a ridiculous accomplishment just to make the cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Um, all right, guys. Valero Texas Open, though. I mean, a tournament that is just total trash, really. And the golf course, I think, is kind of total trash. I can't think. There's most courses where I'm like, oh, they're going to this course. I can remember a couple holes at minimum. Valero... I don't know. I mean, I know the 18th hole, but this this is mo- one of the most just unremarkable courses that they play every year. Um, and funny enough, we've been talking about Saudi golf, Greg Norman, for a while now. And it's like the first episode in, what, six, seven weeks, we're not talking about anything with Norman or Mickelson. And, and here they are. They're playing, uh, you know, the AT&T Oaks course designed by Greg Norman. Uh, I'm sure that'll be brought up on the broadcast. No, probably won't actually, but with a lot of input from Sergio Garcia, 
Um, funny enough, I've, I looked at that. Sergio's played this tournament exactly one time. So uh, way to have the input on the course, Sergio, <laughs> that never show up. Uh, long golf course, 7,500 yards. Um, it, you know, it, it really, looking at the, the past winners, there's not necessarily bombers that win here. Spieth won, Connors won, guys that are more average length hitters are guys that really excel here. I think partly because the par fives are so long that they're, they're they become three shot par fives and they take advantage away from the longer hitters. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking at any metrics specifically. I looked um, uh, uh, probably at ball striking the most. Um, that's a, it's a Johnny Strouser default is just total ball striking. But I think here you're going to see somewhere from 16 to 20 under win. And I, I want guys that keep it in play, um, accurate off the tee, and uh, you know, pretty good into the greens. What do you guys think here? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty good description there. Um, it's it is a long golf course. Rough's going to be pretty short. You just got to look at uh, uh, how windy it's going to be. I mean, it could be really, really windy. Um, mm. Scores tend to be in the low teens as far as winning score. In that case. Um, last couple of years, it's been closer to 20 under because wind's been down. Like you said, long par fives. So a lot of guys can't get to them. You look at those guys that you mentioned as former winners, good wedge players. Um, that's that's going to be kind of it. I mean, you got to be a good uh, good iron player as well. It's got some really tough bunkers. So good bunker players as well. Um, so you want to look at a little bit around the greens and everything. But uh, yeah, no specific metric as far as what I'm going to be looking at. And Zach, it feels kind of like a, a horse for the course type of uh, place, right? You see guys like Charlie Hoffman always play well here. Spieth has done pretty well here. Uh, Connors has a nice little run here going. Um, so it might be looking, at, it might be nice to look at those kind of guys that have played well here in the past. Yeah, I, uh, all my research on this is basically just past events. Uh, how people have done. Uh, that, that's kind of how I'm going to do my bets this week. I kind of always look at this and Speeds come in as like his little homecoming tour. Mm-hmm. He always plays it. It seems like because it's in his hometown, I probably doesn't necessarily want to play it, but has to play it every year. Um, but yeah, it does seem like uh, mostly uh, there's a, a list of guys that play it every year and, and the same guys tend to kind of, show themselves to be in, in good positions yearly if you kind of just go back and look at the previous tournaments. So I think that this one, we might be able to pin something down here. Rory McIlroy is playing this week. Uh, plus 750 as the favorite. Rory, has he did not play match play. I'm guessing that was a course fit type of decision. I would guess that he thought that uh, – you know, Austin country club did not fit his game, which I would agree with. Um, he, uh, last time we saw him was at the players. Of course, the players was a total, um, shit show with the weather. So really the last time we really saw Rory playing real golf was, um, at API. So I understand why he's playing this week. It's kind of a funny fit on the schedule, but he is the favorite at plus seven fifty. We mentioned Spieth. He's at 14 Hideki at 14, Corey Connors coming off the really nice week last week and being um, uh, a winner here two years ago at plus 1800. Uh, Abe answer at 22. He had a nice week last week. 
Our guy, Chris Kirk, holy shit, at 25 to 1. Uh, it's funny. I was thinking at the time I had, like, oh, man, Kirk really playing well. And I know he's played well here in the past. And I was looking for his number, like, at 60, 50. And then I saw him here. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, Siwoo, also pretty pretty highly touted this week at 28 to 1. And Bryson's fallen all the way to 28 to 1, guys. Um Zach, you've been on the Chris Kirk train. Is that that is that just too high for him? I think it's too high for him. I, I was just like you. I was kind of thinking this is probably a tournament Kirk's playing in. You know, maybe maybe get a top ten for a reasonable payout here. And then I saw you know what plus two seventy five. That's still not not terrible, but I, I don't. I think plus twenty five hundred is too much for him. Um, the guy I like in this is I like Deshambo. I don't have any reason aside from the fact that, you know, he's coming back. He's got something to prove. Sure. He's been practicing. Uh, He does have the distance to get to the par fives. Um, I don't know. I just kind of have this feeling about Bryson this week that, you know, that maybe he'll come back and, you know, he's, he's been out of the spotlight for, for a little while now and could come back and do something. I, I like Spieth as well and Connors for all the reasons that, you know, we've already talked about good ball strikers um, and, and past history. Uh, but in that, in that, that range, I, I would take Bryson. I think that, I think those are pretty good numbers for him. It, it is a great number. Uh, it's what we talked about last week. Did anyone see the match between him and uh, Richard Bland? I saw some of the drives, uh, the difference in the drive line <coughs> at certain points, uh, but I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. But but there were some portions where I like kind of glanced out and Bryce's ball was 85 yards ahead of Bland's. Right. It was so, it was such a bad match. Like it was like the ultimate pillow fight where no one did anything. It was, I, I was so intrigued to watch it and then it was kind of let down because there, there's just, there's nothing that happened. Um, and maybe it was, uh, you know, Bryson kind of getting his feet back under him weak. And now, I mean, you talked about, I mean, you, you won't see him this low very often. Um, I mean, behind a guy like Chris Kirk is insane. Um, so if you just go by the name value and know what he's capable of, I, I, I could see that as well. Um, Johnny, I think I know where you're going in this, in this, uh, in this region with, with these guys, but I, I, I want to hear you say it here. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like when, when I first realized I hadn't really looked at the odds much until much, much later in the afternoon and saw that Rory was actually playing in this. And it was like, it was a week before, week before the major, you know, why would he be playing in it? And you're right. He didn't play in the match play. Um, which why would he, I mean, he was going to go zero and three and have a, you know, Friday afternoon flight back to Florida. So, you know, um, that's fine. Fine. I wouldn't want him to, I wouldn't think he'd want to play in that uh, match play event anyways there. Um, course feels like it's set up for, for as like, you know, as you're probably thinking what I'm going to say is Hideki, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't love him this week. This is going to be a tough one to pick here right before the masters. Cause yeah, they're going to be wanting to play well, but yeah, they're going to want to win the event here um, and kind of have their game peaking this week rather than, you know, not instead of this Thursday, you know, would it be next Thursday? So, um, Corey Connors, you know, he played great. He, he putted okay and played great. And, <laughs> you know, he, I think that beating DJ in that match, even though DJ just was not interested in being there, 
um, you know, Sunday afternoon there. I think that that's a big deal for confidence. And, you know, he looked pretty solid in that consolation match there. And the number is a little shorter. I was hoping he'd be like 20 or, or higher, but 18 to one, or I might shop around to see if I can get a better deal on him there. Um, I, I kind of like him and I do like him in the top 10 as well. Um, Kirk's too, Kirk's a good pick and I'm going to look at him in matchups. Um, but 25 to one is just, is ridiculous for, for a guy that doesn't have much win equity there. Um, and then Bryson, like, uh, like Zach was saying, he did look pretty comfortable swinging the golf club. Um, I was worried to see how his wrist and back or hip or whatever the hell he was, you know, injured from there, um, you know, the past several weeks there, but looked pretty good doing it. And I, I, for him, for a betting standpoint, I think it was good for him to, to bow out after three matches there because, you know, he was able to rest it up instead of having to play five, six, potentially seven matches there. Um, I don't mind that number at all. I might look at, at, at doing it. I'm going to look at the wind though. If it's going to be windy and stuff, I'm going to stay away from Bryson. Um, but if it's going to be a pretty calm one, I think it's a pretty good golf course that, that he should be able to play pretty well on. I'd just be uh, an auto bet. Um, for Bryson and just hope that you're getting somewhere close to a ceiling or, or not, not even quite that to, to potentially win this week. Uh, the guy, I probably the only guy I would bet other than Bryson here would be Abe answer at 22. Uh, I, I don't really know. I didn't see a lot of it. And Johnny, I think you told me answer made everything against Morikawa, but did it get swept under the rug that he beat the shit out of Morikawa seven and six? I mean, a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is a beating over one of the best players in the world. They, they didn't, they didn't show any of the matches. They showed a couple of his putts and then they kind of recapped the round as he was just taking him behind the woodshed. I mean, you know, Morikawa would kind of hit it in there. He was, he was not good, but answer would roll him in from, from 10 feet, from 30 feet. I mean, it was just, it was kind of just gross. I mean, he won four four straight holes, uh, uh, through 10 and he was up five or six or something like that. And it was just, it was just over and he putted pretty well the, the, the next 18, but you know, it just wasn't quite enough there, but yeah, he he's rolling the ball really well. If you like, uh, if you, if you think he's going to carry it on to uh, this week here, he's going to be a good bet. Yeah. I just think it's, I think that's an interesting number on, on him when, um, you know, he really, he really showed out last week and, you know, whether it was, you know, predominantly with the putter or not to get through group play and uh, to beat Morikawa was, I thought, pretty impressive. Uh, 30 to one and above. Uh, we got Woodland coming in there at 30. Mav McNeely at 35. I saw McNeely was uh, basically through group play, the leader and, and strokes gained last week, and he did not get through group play despite that. Uh, taken out by Kevin Na in the playoff, but really he played really solidly last week. Uh, Keegan at 35, uh, Texas guy, Ryan Palmer at 40, Tony Finau at 40, <laughs> Adam Hadwin at 40, uh, Bobby McIntyre at 40. The stuff starts to drop off quickly and J day, uh, rounded out at 50. So I've already foreshadowed it, but I've already bet Maverick McNeely at 35. That's uh, obviously it's a tough number on Mav, but again, that's just, that's a reflection on the strength of the field. I think you're getting uh, a, a decent amount of value here, you know, compared to a guy like, 
Kirk, I think similar players. I'd rather take the number on Mav at 35. Played great last week. Really deserved to get through to the the round of 16 and just came up a little short. So that's kind of where I would lie there. I did bet Finau today at 50. Um, I, I think he he showed up and took Xander out the last uh, on Friday in group play. I think he made. I saw he made seven or eight birdies. I'm just taking a chance that maybe he found something and he can carry it over this week uh, at a course that in theory should fit his game. I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but I just, that was a number based bet I made on uh, Tony Finau. Uh, Johnny, what about this group? Not much to love about it, except for the guys that you mentioned. Um, I I was impressed. McNeely was a, he was a late addition after Sam Burns withdrew from the, the match play. Uh, went out and and played pretty good. Just had some had had a couple of tough stretches, like I talked about last week. You just have a few bad stretches of holes in the in the group play there, and you know you're not playing the weekend. So um, played really really well. Otherwise, except for that, so that's stuff you know that you know you tighten that up a little bit. Um, Thirty five to one is not a bad number either, and you could look at a top ten or top twenty bet on him. You know he was for a while an automatic like top twenty bet. Um, for, I know for you back in the, in the fall there. So, you know, he might be back kind of at that point and I would ride him while he's, uh, while he's playing well. Um, I, I kind of want to bet Adam Hadwin cause he's been playing well, played really good at the players championship. Um, good iron player. Um, he's, he's a good wedge player as well. Um, I, I, I could see, pretty good numbers here and looking at his tee to green there he's at uh gains 0.63 there so he looks like he's in the top 15 or so as far as strokes gained. so that's that's a pretty big number there as far as uh as the tee to green so um maverick's my first choice and then probably have to go with hadwin at 40 i'm sure you could actually find him a little bit better than 41 to one in in another book there but uh i do like him win and, and uh you know as a high finish as well I'm glad you brought up Hadwin. I, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth at the players, seventh at Valspar. Uh, did a little stretch of golf for him. He finished 23rd here last year. So might not be a, a, a bad play there. Zach, what about for you? Anybody in this group? I don't love anybody in this group, particularly. Um, I think Day's been playing better, and I'm kind of more of a potential guy, but I got you can get Day top 20 at plus 240, which I don't think is a terrible bet. Um, aside from that, uh, you guys have pretty much covered everybody that, that I would be interested in. Um, I think there's more value, uh, in the guys that we talked about above these guys and then more value in, uh, top tens, top twenties, top 40 picks lower down the board. Okay. 50 and, uh, 55 and above Patton Kazire, Cage Lee, Troy Merritt and Vegas at 55 Mito. Uh, Luke List, Ian Poulter at 60, uh, Nick Taylor at 65, Davis Riley is at 65, which is kind of funny because, you know, a couple weeks ago he would have been in round 200 to one and you have one, one, one good tournament and all of a sudden you're up here. Kevin Streelman, Russell Knox, Ricky Fowler, 65 to one. Um, and then uh, we got McCarthy. Uh, Matt Kuchar, Zach, at 75, Sahith Gal at 75, and uh, Mr. Texas Open himself, Charlie Hoffman, at 75. Johnny? 
some good names here. And I think we could find we could potentially find a winner here. Um, you look at the top of, of the screen that you share, uh, Luke List at uh, you know Strokes Game Team <laughs> Green played a really good match against Justin Thomas. Um, had a chance to to get to the round of 16 there and got out of his group and, and unfortunately did not. But um, he's back to hit the ball really, really well. Um, so, you know, he, he can play tough golf courses as well. I, I like him. I like him at that 60 to one number. Um, I'll probably find him on my card at some point there. Um, just a couple others here. Um, say Sagala. Um, I think he'll, I think he'll do well on these par fives. Um, there's not as much trouble in the, uh, in the landing areas and with the short rough, you know, he's a, he can hit it and, um, you know, played really, really well. Should have won the, uh, the Phoenix open or could have won the Phoenix open. Um, could see a, a rebound there. Um, he's a good player. And, and I think he's going to contend maybe not 75 to one on a win bet, but I mean, top 10 to, or 20 there. And then, I hate going back to this name here, but Kevin Streelman. I think the you know it, it, it it's uh you know you gotta have good iron play, good wedge play. He's a good wedge player, um, solid short game, good bunker player. Um, these bunkers are like I said, they're, they're tough to get out of. Um, I'm gonna find him on my card somewhere. I don't think he, he's of this group. I don't think he's the guy that's gonna win, but I think you can count on him making the cut. So I'm gonna find him somewhere on on, on my my betting card this week. Also, a key Kevin Streelman stat is that seventy-five uh, percent of the time he's wearing those goddamn glasses uh, backwards, upside down on his hat, and uh, that is uh, probably the worst Kevin Streelman trait that that you could find. Uh, I hate I hate seeing that on his head. Uh, Zach Davis yeah. Ry- Davis Riley won the Corn Ferry event here in twenty twenty. Uh, does that matter to you at all? Uh, no, different competition, different set of uh, pressure. <laughs> no. no, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that he won this course, but, you know, I mean. Nah, Dis- just, disrespectful of the Corn Ferry Tour. <laughs> not not disrespectful of the Corn Ferry Tour, but, I mean, it's a different world uh, up there. I mean, it, there's a reason that that we see the same guys for the last 10 years predominantly and only a few new names coming in and out. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the, in this group, I, I think that, you know, this is kind of a tournament, you know, this is like a Johnny Vegas tournament, you know, you don't have all the top names here, but you know, a a tournament that you need to go low and Johnny Vegas kind of has this Johnny Vegas is always a guy I think of like it when I see end of round leader, Mm-hmm. on something i'm always thinking johnny vegas on there now i'm never you know except the fourth bold round and, yeah exactly <laughs> but i'm never bold enough to make that bet but it's yeah so uh i think this johnny vegas isn't too bad of a not a win bet for johnny vegas but you know a top 10 top 20 bet um and streelman is a guy that i was looking at as well um and then Charlie Hoffman, I think that he's got runner up the last two years. He's won this event. I think his number is, is I mean, I might make a win bet at seventy five hundred, and you can get him top ten at plus six hundred and at top twenty plus three hundred. So you can kind of make a whole bunch of bets on Charlie Hoffman and with his uh, career here. I mean, I would feel pretty confident with it. 
Yeah, I was just looking at his history. He's he's runner up the last two years, uh, winner in mm-hmm. 2016. Doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's playing great. Missed the last couple cuts at Valspar and the players. Um, and we 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 had that whole Phoenix thing where he had all the the Instagram stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, if you're going true um, horse for the course situation, Charlie Hoffman's got to be your guy here. Um, for me in this range, guys, um, I, I did bet. I am with Johnny. I did bet Luke List today. I, I think I got him at 65. Um, I, I, he was, he, he beat JT and he took Kevin Kisner to the 18th hole. Uh, on Thursday, and he dropped that one uh, a pretty tight tight match. So I think he he maybe found something over the weekend. This should be a course that would suit his ball striking. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I do have some interest in Davis Riley. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to win after almost winning Valspar, but I think I could see him backing it up. Uh, maybe a course he's comfortable at top ten at plus five fifty. Um, I would be interested on Davis Riley. 80 to one and above we'll go up to about a hundred and then we'll just do our long bombs after that. Uh, Brendan seal, Pat Perez, Doug Gim Reaper at 80 to one Lanto at 90 to one Martin Laird, Charles Howell, Taylor Moore for Telly Takumi Kanaya who made a run last week at a hundred to one Hogard, CT pan, Peter Uline and Matt Neesmith at a hundred. Uh, Zach, we saw Matt Neesmith a couple weeks ago nearly win at Valspar. Any interest in him this week? Um, I don't this week. Uh, he's a name that that I do think of, but I think that there are people that have even better odds above him that I think pose uh, more value. So not Neesmith this week, but uh, a couple people above him. I like their top 20 and top 40 bets. Okay. Johnny, what about that range? Anyone? Uh, I was actually going to mention uh, Neesmith. You know, there's a was a decent chance that he could have won at, uh, at the Copperhead course there. So, you know, that's uh, uh, given, given him 100 to 1 odds, you know, playing pretty good there. I think that's worth, worth a sprinkle at least. And if you look at it, he might be actually misnumbered at top 10 because he's at plus 1,200 as a – Everybody else is at plus seven hundred, plus eight hundred mm-hmm. there. So if you if you hear this in the meantime, go ahead and check out his top ten um, odds there. But uh, you know, a guy who can make uh, he can make a lot of birdies, and, he can, and when he gets it going, I, I think uh, you know if he can get it, keep it going for for four rounds there, and got to taste the lead um, on, on a Sunday. So you know, I, I expect some good things there. I'm going to keep saying his name, and I think it's going to keep getting better and better as Rasmus Hoygaard. I know I've, every time he's played an event, I've, I've mentioned him on this. He shot, <laughs> what, he was like 15 under par, something like that this last week. He shot three straight 67s um, at the, uh, the oh, Corrales. Era, uh, event. And, I, you know, of course I didn't bet him. I actually had him on my card and did not hit uh, uh, to bet. And I would have, would have won that. So I'm going to keep going with him. I don't, I'm not going to bet him to win at a hundred to one, but I'm going to look at those top thirties and top forties. I do like his game and it's one of those things that he's playing. He, he's starting to kind of play a little bit better. I think that could be pretty good there. And if the wind is down, 
Um, I'm on the Gim, the Gim Reaper this week. Um, if, if it ends up being uh, too tough with the weather and everything, I'll probably lay off it. I do like him for a first-round lead. Um, he's a guy who I frequently bet you can get a good number on him, and he's a guy who can, who can play pretty good there. Played played really good at the players so he's got some uh um he's got some recent form here that's that's good there so there's some there's some solid numbers and 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 Hoffman I think's uh uh I think he's a good bet based on course history um I'm not going to put him on my card but you, you guys brought him up and you look at the finishes you know th- there there's going to be some sort of confidence there and I think that uh, he's going to play well I'm, I haven't talked about this guy in a while. Brennan Steele, he, um, the, the first half of the 2010s, he dominated this golf course. Uh, if you're talking about someone that has some, a good course history, hasn't been that way in a while, but really good driver of the golf ball. And he's shown a little bit of form recently. Top 15 at the players, top 30 at API. He's at plus 8,000, plus 900 for a top 10. I'll have some investment on Brennan Steele this week any um any interest in anyone past 110 to one uh either in the 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 win market top five top 10 top 20 zach uh yeah absolutely i think there's uh, a lot of value and a couple of people here in the, the top 10 top 20 top 40 market uh a guy like Kevin Chapel, who has not been playing bad, who came back from injury, who has a good course history here. You can get him uh, top 10 for plus 1,600, top 20 for plus 700, and top 40 plus 250. I really like that. Um, I'm going to going to have him. Uh, a guy like Zach Johnson, he can get top 20 at plus 600, who's had a good course history here, not a course that you need to hit the ball a long way. Uh, a guy named uh, a guy who who I've noticed just his name up on the leaderboard, Bryce Garnett, who you can get uh, plus seven hundred top twenty, plus two fifty top forty, plus sixteen hundred top ten. Uh, these are just guys who I think have good value that for not a huge bet can pay up pretty well. Um, and in a tournament like this, you don't have to hit the ball uh, extremely long. I think that it kind of brings everybody together a little bit more and give these gives these guys a little bit more of a chance, but I don't necessarily think anybody down this low is going to win. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, the value here in this tournament for me, at least is going to be in the top tens and top twenties. I love, I love the chapel play. I have him circled uh, when I was looking earlier today. It's a great call. Um, I, as you can see, I have it up on my screen that he, uh, Got his first one here in 2017, another top five. Uh, he just finished 15th at Corrales. I know it's a weak field, but that's something, and uh, he might have some good feelings playing here. I like that. Um, Johnny, what about you? Just a couple names. Um, first guy that, that stood out is is Honorbon Lahiri. Um, played, played great at the, the, the players, took second place, had a chance to, to tie on 18 there. Um, really hung in there. 150 to one is, is definitely long shot, you know, might be worth a, a small sprinkle there, but it, you know, he, he should 
I'm, I'm predicting he makes the cut, finishes in the top 20 somewhere. Um, expect him to to have some good rounds of golf, and uh, I'm going to go based off of that play there. And now he's had a couple weeks to kind of rest up and, and get ready there. Um, also, Nate Lashley, they're going to have first round lead, and I uh, I saw him play well in in Puerto Rico. Um, he is an extremely streaky player. So he's one of those guys that you stay off of, you know, when he's when he's not playing well. But uh, showed some signs of life here this last week. So, um, you know, I expect uh, I expect him pretty uh, to play pretty good there. Also, and I'm not going to bet him. This is just this is just a question here. Is uh, Richard Bland, 53rd in the world, needs to be uh, needs a win now since he he didn't beat DJ in that first. Uh, in that quarterfinal match there um, he's either got to win or pray that uh, uh, the master's gods give him an invite, which, which won't happen. Um, is that worth anything? Uh, if, if you, if you believe in those kind of story things, cause that's happened before the week before, you know, the week before the masters, the guys needed to win. And could, could that happen this week? God, that'd be a great story. Wouldn't it? I mean, that would be, be awesome. Yeah. yeah. But no. <laughs> I think, what did they say? He needed He needed to beat Johnson to get into the Masters. Yeah. Yeah, if he yeah. would have beat DJ in that first uh, uh, quarterfinal, he would have ascended to 50th and got in. And now he's got to either win or, or he's out. Yeah, and if if we knew DJ was just not going to show up against Scheffler, then I, he should have just let Bland take Agreed. that and get in the Masters. Yeah. Agree. Uh, I have uh, our guy Johnny Bo Hostler circled here, uh, four, 140 to one, uh, 10 to one for a top 10. Bo's been playing some pretty good golf. Um, and he is, uh, you know, went to school in Texas, obviously. Um, he had a top 20 at API, top 20 at Honda. Uh, Tita Green, it's a, it can be a bit of a struggle. We know he excels with the putter. Um, he'd have to have a pretty good, uh, week T to green to, uh, contend for a top 10, but I'll probably have some investment in Bo. Um, also, um, I don't, I mean, I know you guys laughed at me before when I talked about this and I had it as my best bet, but, um, Luke Donald ranks pretty highly uh, in some of the metrics this week. <laughs> um, two Luke Donald references this, I this know, podcast. I know. Which I again, I'm just I'm just following what what my eyes see with with some of the stats. Um, I'm, I I don't know. I'm just just putting it out there with with Luke Donald, um, Brandon Grace at 150 to one. Uh, Brandon Grace is a really good player. I don't know if he's not playing that well recently. I haven't really paid attention, uh, but he's played well here. Um, actually, you can see it here. He's had. Um, three top 25s in his three appearances the last five years. Um, looks like recently he's not been playing very well, but I don't know. It just feels like a Brandon Grace golf course, especially if that wind starts to blow. We Good know wind does, player. Yeah, maybe one of the best uh, wind players. Um, so he'd probably welcome uh, a windy uh, four days. So those are a couple of guys that I looked at as well. Um, Past that, then you get down to guys that you're just taking um, chances on uh, having a top 20, top 30. I see Doc Redman, my guy, 250 to one. Um, he's had some moments lately. Um, 
That's about it. What about Jimmy Walker, San Antonio <laughs> resident, staying at his own house, mm. three hundred to one. I mean, I he's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good history here as well. I think he's won. It's a great history, Mister Lyme Disease himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I, I actually I think he won here a couple times prior to 2016. That's not showing on the, on the screen here, but he, yeah, used to be one of his his tournaments that he excelled at. I'll I'll not be touching Jimmy Walker uh, until I see it though. All right, guys, anything else from Valero? No, just make sure I, I, I would recommend it. I won't be betting a lot this week. Um, had kind of got, gotten heavy on it uh, past several weeks here. Save your money for the masters. Um, that's where we're going to, that's where we're really going to make some money here. It's a little bit easier, easier to predict at Augusta than it is here. Um, so just, you know, follow the picks and everything, but don't go crazy at this event. Cause this, you know, next week is where we, where we pounce and make, you know, make good money. Yes. Zach. Yeah. Just to mirror what Johnny said, uh, this is just kind of a, a week to get us by until, uh, the main event and, uh, let's hope the tiger is going to play because, uh, boy, that would be. Just yes. something cool to watch to see him hit his first tee shot on Thursday. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's probably going for the whole Hogan thing where Hogan got in his car accident and came back a year later and, you know, played. So I wouldn't put anything past him. I didn't. I honestly, at one point, never thought he was going to come back before he won in 2019. So. Yep. Never say never. Yep, and this will drop on Tuesday, so we'll have basically four days to uh, stress about it, think about it before it's officially announced on Friday is what we expect. All right, guys, uh, thanks for breaking it down once again, and uh, we'll just try to get through this week to get to next week. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, your best bets on Instagram and Facebook. Picks will be out Wednesday for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, might have another show to drop later this week. And then, of course, Masters preview next week. So thanks for tuning in, as always, and we'll catch you.